Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode sixteen of Naked Data Science, the number one podcast on leading data science projects and teams in the real world. In this episode, we talk about the three types of errors in data science and how to deal with them. We discussed why intelligent people make mistakes, how not to surprise yourself by errors you knew, the art of not making errors personal, and the importance of thinking and talking in trade-offs instead of errors. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Naked Data Science. This is Hao, and I'm Nima. What are we going to talk about, Nima? Today we want to talk about errors, mistakes, flaws, whatever goes wrong in our work when we are doing data science. What do you mean? Well, as we are searching for a solution, it's very likely that we make mistakes. For different reasons, there are part of our work that later turned out to be found wrong or at least suboptimal. These are what people typically call or look at as errors, at least flaws in your solution and in the work that you do. It's also very common in science. In the scientific way of problem solving or just a scientific method, you thrive on errors. You accept errors. You expect errors. You can even argue that most of the fundamental theories that explain the world at some point are wrong to some extent or in some sense because there have been corrections to them. There have been better approximations introduced after them. Science as a system. Is a self-correcting organism that finds these errors, checks them, and tries to improve on them. And in the same way, errors pop up in our journey of finding a solution in data science and in our scientific search for solutions, even in the business. I think the specific case you mentioned, like some fundamental theories that we used to think is right, later found out that our model of the world is not entirely accurate. Those are One type of error. So this type of errors is due to the limit of current knowledge, right? When Newton came out with his theories, there was no understanding of quantum mechanics or stuff like that. Otherwise, he would he would probably think about it very differently. So that is one type of error, and there are other type of errors that we have seen in our daily work leading data science teams and projects, right? To be honest, one of the most common type of errors are just mistakes or slip of hands, mistakes that you make in coding, mistakes that you make in your modeling, some edge case that you didn't think about, or sometimes just purely a simple mistake in a mathematical calculation or a mathematical formula. And of course, there are mistakes in our decision making. I think when it comes to decision making, it's very interesting because also sometimes you can make the right decision and get to an undesirable outcome, but you knew that's coming. But sometimes that can be seen as you made a mistake. If you think about it, the nature of our search for a solution is a probabilistic search. We look into some direction and we can compute a chance of finding a solution there. And by definition, it means that a number of times we're going to make mistakes. A number of times we're going to be wrong in the sense of not finding the optimal or the desired or the good enough solution in some of the directions that we look at. But once you face this post hoc, once you have actually done the experiment, these decisions, which at the time might have been the optimal decisions based on your understanding and your model, look like errors, look like mistakes. And it's really important to be able to look back there and distinguish between them. 
Yes, I think a lot of times when you look back with the 2020 hindsight, things are obvious, and you forgot the situation you were in when you were faced with a totally different set of information and data. That tends to happen as well. Last but not least, there is the arrow that comes with changing opinion. It could be natural to turn to data scientists and, as the experts in the field, ask their opinion about something. In our job, we look at the data, we look at the evidence that we have, and even with the declaration of some uncertainty around our judgment, we make some judgment. But as we go along in a project, as we learn more about the domain, about the environment, about the problem that we are solving, hopefully we gather more evidence and we get more information about it. And it's likely that some decision that we made before or some judgment that we made and shared with other people before in the light of the new evidence looks wrong. And in these situations, I think it even naturally comes across as this guy might not be such a good expert because we asked him something and now it turns out he's changing his opinion. And that's another form of things that look like error and mistakes that pop up in our work as data scientists. It's quite common for data scientists in those situations also being very hard on themselves as well. I think given everything we just talked about, it's inevitable that there will be errors and we will be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important if we have a mindset of being ready to say, I was wrong. It's such a simple statement to make, but in practice, it might be one of the most difficult actions you have to do as a data scientist sometimes. Imagine a case when there was a hunter intuition from some other people, maybe even non-data scientists, about the direction that we should go. And based on your data, based on what your models say, you made a decision or you made a statement that this other direction seems to be the more likely one to follow. As you go along, do more experiments, gather more data, so the uncertainty starts to decrease, you might very well find out that your direction was not the right direction even though maybe the information or evidence at the time seemed to say otherwise. And in this situation, it might be very difficult to just step forward and say, I was wrong. While if you think about this scientifically, that's the obvious thing to do. There should be no shame in doing that as well. We saw that a few times, especially in cases where the person is very dedicated. Also, that person consider him or herself an expert in that specific field. There is certain subtle change in your way of thinking. After you start forming an identity of yourself to say, hey, I'm the expert in this field, or this is a domain that I am kind of the most senior data scientist in the organization, it can be very difficult for you to say things like, hey, I was wrong. I can see it's very human, but it's also very ironic, at least from the perspective of being that good scientist, being wrong seems to be inevitable. And you have to be very lucky to never be wrong in your job. There is something which is really complicated there also about our social interactions, like you mentioned about our self-image, and maybe even about the adjectives that are attached to being a data scientist. Typically, intelligent is one of the more common ones, and being wrong can be easily associated with not being very intelligent. I can see why there is this way of thinking, but then when you were wrong, it could be due to the limit of knowledge at that point, right? It could be just due to probability. It could be due to any of those things that are not related to intelligence. And even mistakes 
could be unrelated to your intelligence. I think we know all these famous stories about scientists who made very stupid mistakes in their daily life. While I don't think we have a lot of doubt about their level of intelligence in doing science. When it comes to mistakes, there are some very, very obvious or highly likely causes. They are not related to your intelligence or your personality or any of those things. Sometimes you didn't have enough sleep. Sometimes you have been working three hours on the same problem without taking any break. And we all know that we are not machines. In those kind of situations, it's much easier for us to make mistakes, and there are simple solutions to those problems. I think in an ideal world, we should accept people make mistakes for various reasons. Most probably not because something inherent in their nature. And even if that's the case. That's the case. You just make mistakes, and some people make more mistakes than the others. It's most productive to get aware of your level, try to avoid mistakes whenever possible, but we have to live with it. That being said, if someone is leading a data science project or a team, what are some of the things that person can do to reduce this type of errors by mistakes? There are definitely best practices for making sure that we make less of these mistakes or we make less unintended mistakes in some way. A lot of them also come from other disciplines who are close to data science. For instance. An equivalent of pair programming or working in pairs is one of the most effective ones for avoiding mistakes, for avoiding flaws in your thinking, for avoiding blemishes in your code during the time that you're actually finding a solution. Having another pair of eyes beside you can be very effective in avoiding small mistakes. Sometimes even in avoiding very big mistakes. Peer review, I think, in another sense, is also delivering the same kind of value of another or more pairs of eyes looking at your work, looking at it from another perspective, with another background,、uh, without the biases that could be potentially in your head, and finding those blemishes, finding those flaws, or at least giving you useful feedback for improving your work. There are a group of mistakes we make that are due to cognitive biases. I think a lot of them are very well known. For instance, something like the availability or anchoring bias that can result you to stick to the set of tools that you're more comfortable with, or the environment that you've been deeply involved in, and get a bit of tunnel vision, maybe even in your problem solving and not seeing the big picture. And again, from other fields, other disciplines, there have been really good efforts in mitigating these cognitive biases. For instance, there are different nudging techniques that create some moment of reflection, reconsideration of the work that you're doing, and drawing your attention to the potential of biases that could be in your work. Can you give an example of this? A very simple example of this could be opposite thinking. When a data scientist has come up with an idea, they go do the work. They bring the evidence that supports the idea. While looking at this evidence in the positive direction of proving the idea or proving the hypothesis is interesting. Opposite thinking can also be very useful tool for debiasing in these situations. So try to imagine now if your hypothesis is wrong. Could you still observe the same phenomena? Could you find other explanations for seeing the same phenomena? And in my experience, a couple of times, this has come very handy. The same mind, the same brain that has thought about that solution and convinced itself that it is the only one, can surprisingly come up also with other explanations for the same topic if that switch is turned on and if they are playing this game or doing this exercise of putting themselves in a slightly different hypothetical world and now looking for other explanations. From 
a leading project and team perspective, something that is really important also to reduce this type of unintended mistakes is to set expectation for your team to really be on top of their data. They should be expected to answer any common questions or any basic questions about the data that they create or about the solutions they deliver. By doing this, you focus their attention to check some things that are probably obvious, but then unless you set this expectation that can be easily forgotten. Being on top of data typically means to know the answer to some approximation to the most important questions that you have about your data. I always try to introduce a rule of thumb that you should know the answer to questions which you'd be embarrassed not to know the answer to. This is basically trying to capture all the most important numbers, all the most important measurements, the most important checks that there are to be done about your data. With the mindset of accepting errors, this is going to be a very helpful tool to have in your toolbox and a very strong position to be in. So you know that there are probably flaws in your work. There are some that you might be slightly suspecting, but there are also a number of them that you have no idea about. But by being on top of your data, your goal is to make sure that there are no huge errors. By knowing the answer to the questions you'd be most embarrassed not to know the answer to, you at least attempt to go into the direction of avoiding the very embarrassing errors in your data and in your work. And of course, you still leave room for smaller errors, but we're just trying to paint a picture that that's just part of reality. So this is the unintended type of error. And then the next one we mentioned is somewhere between unintended and intended, which is when we are making probabilistic decisions, we know that there's a chance that our decision might not give the intended outcome. When it comes to that, there is very little you can do at that point apart from really keeping track of the fact that you made this bet, that you made this decision knowing that there's probability that it's not going to turn out as the desirable outcome. Why is that important? Think about it. Even if it's just a three-month project, there is chance that by the end of the project, when you deliver something and that solution is being tested, people forgot most of the decisions that you took or even you took together with them at the beginning of the project. Everybody's busy, things change very quickly nowadays, especially when you work in tech. So it's to be expected. But then if you don't keep track of it yourself, likely nobody's going to remember it. So then when the outcome is not the desirable outcome, you knew that was the case, but then you forgot about it. And then you feel really bad about it yourself. You can probably also be caught by surprise and not being able to react to it in a productive way. Maybe the simplest principle there is that you need to make yourself ready to be on the wrong side as well. Once you are making probabilistic decisions, there are going to be some things that will not work. And the way we look at these experiments should be different from this was an error. I think there might be some bias there in looking at failed attempts as big errors because of the survivorship bias. We always see or remember the full solution. When you look at the book that is written, you read the final version that the author has edited maybe hundreds or thousands of times. And it's easy to forget this wasn't this good from the beginning. And there have been failed attempts, if you want to call them that. There have been suboptimal stages of this work. And this is exactly the same when we are searching for a solution. 
even some projects might look like a failure later because now they have been surpassed by a better method. But you should remember that at the time that you were searching, at the stage that you were, this might have been really the best solution that you had and as well past the good enough lines that you had defined or were visible to you at that time. With that mentality, I hope, it becomes less likely that you see all the failed paths as errors. A lot of them are also gathering information and might be natural in your process of finding your path through the solution space. I think the most productive way is to think about them as information gathering. And now you have more information about the solution space and you eliminate the directions that you know are not working. So that can be very powerful and it's something that you should also point out to your team and the adjacent team you work with. Exactly. I think as leaders, it becomes really important to put in that mentality and also to talk in those terms and to look back at your work in those exact terms. The analogy of the path really works well there. If you're facing a crossroad in front of you, you have to make a decision. I think as humans, it's very natural to enjoy and to look back at the right decisions. This is a very satisfying moment to say, you see, I was right. On the other hand, it could be maybe equally painful to step forward and say, hey, you see, I was wrong. And that second sentence is almost something you never hear because nobody is proud of it. But in the matter of gathering information, it might be as valuable as the times that you were right. Speaking about that, then we are really going into the territory of intended errors. Sometimes, especially when you are working on greenfield innovation type of projects, things that has not been explored much before in your domain or in your organization, you are very likely facing a decision where you say, okay, we really know very little. We are going to make mistakes. Then you can either wait and try to gather more data, which most likely will not be fast enough for what you want to achieve, or you accept that and move ahead with intending to end up with some error somewhere with your solution. And that is actually the most tricky type to manage. Yeah, in my experience, those type of decisions, going with wabi-sabi, with baseline thinking, with suboptimal solutions intentionally, can be a very effective step in your problem solving. But on the other hand, it's maybe inevitable also for others to look at these suboptimalities and think about them as errors, as mistakes that you made. And the feedback that you get in these situations, we also touched upon it in one of the previous episodes, this kind of feedback about your intended mistakes can still feel like criticism on the type of work that you do. It can feel like a negative feedback on your competencies. Mixing it with how personal sometimes data science problem solving is, how we attach it to our intelligence and our inherent capabilities, sometimes even the image that we define ourselves, this kind of feedback can seem very unfair. I've definitely heard my team feeling like they were attacked. They were made to feel stupid because of these mistakes, which were actually intentional in their work, or at least known errors in their work. In practice, this kind of interaction can result in dramatic changes in how effective a team is, for instance, just because of the demotivation that can be caused as a result of this back and forth and a result of this social situation. So I think you mentioned at personal level, 
people might feel stupid. And there, if you are leading the team or the project, then it's very important that you are mindful about how each member is taking it, how each team members think about going ahead with this kind of possible intended errors and how they feel about it once that error actually happened. I think equally important is how team members react to other team members' errors, especially the intended errors. We have seen in small project teams, when someone make a intended error and another team member start reacting negative about it or look down upon it, that very quickly changed the dynamic of that team. People are less open to share how they really think about stuff. There is more natural tendency for them to not share their work until it's perfect. And that results in projects taking much longer than needed and also suboptimal solutions at the end. So that is is a kind of environment that you really want to be mindful about and avoid in your team. That is one of the most critical social situations to manage, I think. And the effect could be really huge on how the whole team reacts, sometimes on how individuals perceive it and how they are affected even in their personal lives because of some form of error in their work. This is definitely one of the more tricky ones to tackle. And for these situations, I think your team culture is very important. The principles that you have in your team are super important. And it's best to proactively think about these situations. So before errors start popping up, before specific people start dealing with them, to have something in your culture, to have processes, to have ceremonies, to have other conventions that make it easier to accept errors. Mm. Put it in your system to expect errors. And of course, you need to really carefully still monitor every individual occurrence of these errors and how people are dealing with it in your team. Yeah, I think that is super important when we think about how to prepare your own team. Equally important is how you prepare the adjacent team that you work with for this type of intended errors. It is important that, like we mentioned before, you define the expected outcome. If they are going to use your work, then it's important that there is a commonly agreed definition of what is to be expected. And as soon as you have made a decision that you are going towards a direction that might result in intended errors, then communicate that. Document that as early as possible so that before they see the error, they know it will come and that helps to set the right expectations. So this avoid the situation that they see an error and then they trust you less as a result if they didn't know that this would be coming. I came to the same realization maybe too late that it might be really worth paying the time and the effort of listing the errors that you are aware of. Of course, there are going to be some that you missed. And in the whole pile of things that you have to do, typically running towards a delivery, it might be easy to neglect this one and to think about this one as not really in the way of making progress. But in practice, it might be one of the more rewarding actions that you can take when delivering a project. And maybe something like an open document, which doesn't need to be complete, but in which you start capturing and mentioning some of the errors that are known to you and invite other people to put the rest there, could be changing the tone of these conversations kind of feedback and hopefully maybe could be effective in how your team receives and deals with this type of feedback. In data science work, a lot of times you are making trade-offs when developing a solution. That is something that is not intuitively understandable by people who are not working on this. 
So a lot of times you will made a decision about certain trade-off and then from outside world, unaware of this trade-off, they just see one outcome. And if that trade-off is not made at the right level or with the right balance from their perspective, they will think this is an error. But then a few times we have seen, actually, if you just point out that trade-off with them and say, okay, of course you can have more coverage, but are you willing to sacrifice the quality? What is the best balance for you? What do we need to take into consideration? And that that really change a conversation that was previously all about error and bug fixing into a more productive joint problem solving. So that is something very specific for data science work worth paying attention to. I think even using the word trade-off instead of error could make a dramatic difference. Uh, having a different terminology to refer to this kind of phenomena could be maybe psychologically quite impactful in how people feel and how people react to these mistakes or errors. Yeah. So I think we um, cover a lot of topics in this episode. Tradition of the show, what is one specific takeaway that our audience can take action on tomorrow? One takeaway I have for leads is paying deep attention to how the team they're leading deals with errors and mistakes, especially on a personal side. When it happens that one of your team members made even an unintended error, some of the obvious mistakes, for instance, in coding, in analysis, and this is known inside your team and this is shared inside your team, hopefully you have the right culture to deal with it. But I encourage you to make it a practice. Every time one of the severe cases of these kind of mistakes and errors happen, check upon the person who made the error. Also check the reaction of other team members you have towards the error. See if you can be helpful to the person who made the error and see if you can have constructive feedback for your team to deal with these situations better in the future. One of the ways that I think could be very helpful here is if we as team leads start sharing more of our own errors especially if your team is looking up to you and if you have some kind of technical expertise, some kind of prowess that the team looks up to and admires, I think it would be very powerful if you start sharing some of the mistakes that you make and making people aware of how common it is to make errors and removing the stigma around being wrong. A takeaway from my side would be if you are working on a project with some uncertainty, so typically an innovation type of project or greenfield project, then likely you are going to face some intended error coming up. Then spend some time tomorrow with your team and write those down in a small document and then share that with the adjacent team that will be using your solution and see what their reaction is. I think you will be presently surprised. Seeing their reaction also give you some information about what is their threshold in accepting arrows and whether you need to do some more work there or not. All right, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we will advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day.